Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking. It's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fenway Park. This is Mark Fidrich. Now, he's trying to get the ball back. You'll see him mumble a couple of words to the ball. The first man ever to pitch five career no-hitters. Catch him all, Joe! I don't believe what I just saw! Another chance for Mitchell, and he makes a pair-handed catch! Ricky goes, a pitch take, and he's going to have it. Leaps high of the air, and he's going! Let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr., has reached the unreachable star. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we invite you to rise. Hey, folks, I want to thank you for joining me today on the Daily Rewind, brought to you by This Day in Baseball. My name is Tom Hannon, and I am your host. And before I get started with the show, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the world events here. Um, you know, as the weeks have been, the week has unfolded, it's really, I was going to say weeks, but it's really a week. Uh, I actually had gone to a, um, I had to do some family business and then I got a chance to go to a, uh, a podcast show called Podfest, which was really, uh, it was really a great show. And I got to meet a lot of podcasters and some several future guests who are going to be on the show and contributing, which um, I'm excited about. But just from the time I left, I left uh, Florida for Podfest to the, to this uh, coming Monday here, uh, the entire world has basically been shut down by this uh, coronavirus and it's uh it's not anything that we've ever seen before i, I mean uh you know of course there was an influenza in the 1918 the spanish flu uh, that was a different time than it is now and it, from the generation that we're in uh, we just haven't seen anything like this and there's no no idea when this is all gonna come to a head and we hope that things will get back be back to normal and people will be able to go on and live their lives. But, you know, in the meantime, uh, a lot of things have uh, have changed. Uh, for instance, and sadly, uh, there's going to be no baseball. 
And if you listen to this podcast, you're a baseball fan. And that's a really, um, you know, of course, that's something we always look to, forward to. Uh, it's going to be April in a few weeks, and we're looking forward to opening day. And we've been thinking about how our team was going to do this year and our favorite players. Uh, you're always looking forward for, to a nice warm day out at the ballpark and, you know, enjoy it with friends and family. But, uh, you know, that might be delayed, and who knows exactly how that's going to break down this year. And, uh you know, it's a really tough thing. Uh, we live here on Cape Cod, and uh, I go to a lot of Cape Cod baseball games, and it's great baseball. If you're a fan of the game, it's just it's a great baseball to take in, and it's very pure. Uh, it's a wood bat league, and if you've never been to Cape Cod, I've never been to a Cape Cod baseball game. It's a fantastic take where just people from the area come to the game, and they'll get you know, 1,500 people come to a game, and, and they're just there to watch baseball for a couple of hours and, and cheer, their, cheer their club on. And then a lot of the uh, kids, the college kids, will stay at a local home. So we actually have friends that, uh, you know, that, that have the kids stay with them for, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of months while they're playing in the league. And it really creates a tremendous sense of community. And I I would say that that's pretty that's that may or may not happen this year either and you know it's um it's an interesting thing to to think about baseball and and how it affects all our lives and how it how it's so intertwined with us especially uh, fans and the only thing I can do on my part is uh, is I'm going to continue on with the show of course uh, uh, giving you these baseball voices from the past which you know I love to do for you. Uh, but the other thing I'm going to try to do is uh, put up as many old-time baseball games as possible. Uh, you know, I'm just going to do a quick announcement before I, I put them on. And, you know, we're just going to put them out there. You can get them free on the radio archive as well. Uh, but we're going to put them on, and uh, I'm going to put a feed on uh, on the website as well. And uh, maybe do a watch party on Facebook, and some people can get together and just hang out and listen to some baseball games. And in uh, enjoy that camaraderie, even if it's virtual, uh, it's still nice to have, and so you can enjoy those games. So I'm going to hope to stop putting those out. You know, I might put out a game tonight or tomorrow, and I just again, I just want I want the fans to enjoy it and just to um, you know be able to enjoy some baseball, even though that it might be a while before we see the you know 2020 season. Uh, happen, but I mean the most important thing out of it all is, of course, we're missing it is to stay healthy and be very aware of what's going on around you. I I, I have to say I I've washed my hands and used hand sanitizer more in the last week than I have in in the previous year, and and I was always thought of myself as having good hygiene, but of course we're we're hyper vigilant right now, and if you hear somebody who's you know sick that you want to keep your just have a social distance. And these are probably all things that we should have been practicing all along anyways, but uh, be very aware of that and, and just um, take care of yourself. Do the right thing. If you're not feeling well, stay home, be as responsible as you can be because it's not just about you. It's about everyone else you have into contact, come into contact with if you're not, if you're not feeling well. And, you know, I'm going to get on to the show now, and again, just be safe, be aware, be responsible, and, um, you know, we'll all get through this, and it's going to be rocky for a little while, but we'll all get through it, and uh, you know, I'm going to do what I can to bring you some baseball to help you get through it. So uh, today's date is March 16th, and I'm going to bring you a little story about Ty Cobb, 
On March 16, 1907, after watching Ty Cobb quarrel with a black groundskeeper and with a teammate, Charlie Schmidt, Tiger manager Hugh Jennings was tired of dealing with Cobb's abrasive behavior, and he tries to deal him to the Cleveland Naps for outfielder Elmer Flick. The Naps actually turned down the trade with the Tigers, who would have exchanged Flick for the 21-year-old Cobb. They countered with Bunk Cogleton, but the Tigers declined. Flick had been holding out, and he just signed a few days before the trade. After Cobb was nearly traded away, Jennings attempted to repair the difficult relationship between Cobb and other Detroit Tiger players. Cobb is too good a hitter to, to let get away, when a little diplomacy will get the boys together, Jennings would say. Flick will go on to hit 302 and lead the league with 17 three-baggers. Cobb will go on to hit 350 and lead the AL in hitting. And of course, Cobb is going to go on to become one of the top five players in Major League Baseball history. And he still t- holds the all-time record for career batting average at 367, which I assume will never be touched. Both players ended up in Cooperstown. Cobb was, of course, part of the initial class, and Flick will join him in 1961. Now, I'm going to bring you Cobb himself, the Georgia Peach, as my voice of the past today. Standing beside me is a man who is perhaps the world's most famous writer of sports, Grantland Wright. With him is a man whose name is a household word, the idol of baseball fans everywhere. In his day, the keenest batting eye in baseball, star of place hitters, and the fastest base runner. None other than Ty Cobb, the man who has broken practically every record in baseball. Grant Rice will interview Ty Cobb on baseball and the coming season. Grant? Thanks, Graham. Well, Ty, you faced Walter Johnson's fast one when he had more smoke than a burning oil well. Now you're facing the mic. Which team's the easier? Well, I think I'll take a chance on Walter. This mic kind of gives me stage fright. Well, Ty, you've asked me not to make this too personal, but you have played in more ball games, you have made more hits, you have stolen more bases, and you have scored more runs than any player that ever lived. A record like this is a personal matter with a good many million people. First of all, I would like to ask you the biggest thrill you ever got in any one game. Well, Grantland, I've played in over 4,000 ball games in the last 25 years, and the biggest thrill I ever got came in a game against the Athletics in 1907. I was only 20 years old then, not quite 21, and it looked as if this game meant the pennant. The Athletics had us beaten with Rube Waddell pitching. They were two runs ahead in the ninth inning when I happened to hit a home run that tied the score. This game went 17 innings to a tie. And a few days later, we clinched our first pennant. You can understand what it meant for a 20-year-old country boy to hit a home run off the great Rube in a pennant-winning game with two out in the night. Boy, I suppose you've missed the old game a lot, Ty. All the thrills and crowds and the headlines and all. I thought I would miss it a lot, Graham, but I haven't. It's a great old game. 
But I've almost felt like a prisoner who was set free. Just how do you mean, Ty? Baseball, to me, was more work than play. In fact, it was all work. You see, I was lucky enough to lead the league when I was 20 years old. After that, I wanted to lead it every year. I never thought I was any genius, so I gave up my life to the game for 25 years. I suppose I was in nearly 30,000 plays, and I at least tried to think about every play and uh, how it should be made. Here's one example. I figured out one play to use against Hal Chase. He used to snap the ball over to third to catch me rounding the bag. I'd always slide back. I had to wait two years for the right time to work it. But one day, I just kept on going and managed to score the winning run. Did you have any set system to work on, Ty? Yes. My system was all offense. I believed in putting up a mental hazard for the other fellow. If we were five or six runs ahead, I'd try some wild play, such as going from first to home on a single. This helped to make the other side hurry the play in a close game later on. I worked out all the angles I could think of to keep them guessing and hurrying. Every play was a problem of some sort. That's what I meant by the strain and grind of 25 years. Who was the best pitcher you ever faced, Ty? Walter Johnson had more stuff, although Ed Walsh in his prime was a wonder. But the ones who gave me the most trouble were pitchers like uh, Mogridge, Carl Wildman, and Carter, all left-handers who depended more on slow curves and dinky-dinks. They bothered me more than speed or fast curves. Well, who is the hardest hitter you ever saw? Well, you, you can't beat the babe. Ruth is one of the few who can take a terrific swing and still meet the ball solidly. His timing is perfect. Lajewey was the hardest line hitter I ever saw, and I'd like to see Sam Crawford, Joe Jackson, and Frank Schutte lay against this modern ball. But none of them had the combined eye and power of Ruth. There's one thing, Ty, I've always wondered about, and so have many others. How did your legs ever stand the strain of more than 4,000 ball games and more than 4,000 hits when you were always at top speed? Well, in the first place, I always tried to keep in condition. And I can tell all the boys that means everything. For instance, I only ate two meals a day. I built up my legs in two ways. I hunted all through the winter, frequently walking all day long. I almost lived on my legs. In addition, I always hunted in heavy boots. When the training season opened, I fixed a piece of lead to my shoes. I took the lead off when the pennant race opened, and I felt as if I could run faster. I lost some of the old spring in the last year or two, but my legs today are as strong as they were. If you want good legs, you have to put them to work. I never gave mine any holidays. How did you steal so many bases, Ty? There were others just about as fast. 
As I said before, you had to do more thinking in the old days when home runs were fewer, games were close, and every play counted. The two most important things in base stealing are getting the jump on the pitcher and making your slide away from the baseman. In stealing bases, I always watch the baseman's eyes to know where the ball was coming. His eyes had to watch the ball. I didn't have the time for this, but his eyes told me. And then I knew where to throw my body away from the baseman. I am pretty sure, Ty, everybody would like to have you pick the next two pennant winners. For any good pennant-winning ball club, the second year is the easiest to repeat. The Athletics and the Cubs were both good teams, and I think they will be fighting it out again in the next World Series. That's my pick, anyway. Thanks a lot, Grant, and... How about that? Now, if you are interested in learning more about Ty Cobb, I want you to check out his page on thisdayinbaseball.com slash Ty Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I know a lot of your baseball friends are going to be looking for baseball things to do. Please tell them about the show and the ball games we're going to be putting out for you to listen to. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe so your friends never miss a show. And I want to leave you with this uh, thought before I do my final send-off, is uh, on a personal note, my uh, wife's Linda mom, mom passed away uh, a few weeks ago, and we had the service for her on Saturday. And her sister, Laura, gave it just an incredible uh, eulogy for her mom, and there wasn't a dry eye attendance there. And there was also a lot of uh, chuckles and laughter as well because uh, she did such a masterful job. But my wife's mom suffered from uh, Parkinson's, and it was a really um, tough time for her. And she had a just a difficult life at the you know last few years. And Laura brought up such a great point during the eulogy when she said to always be willing to give a helping hand and never be afraid to ask somebody if they need a little bit of help. So during this really tough time that we're facing now, and it's going to be some time before things get back to normal, a lot of people are going to be having a tough time. And, you know, maybe you can offer to do some food shopping for somebody or help them out a little bit. Do some things for, for some people, especially the um, older folks or disabled folks who are going to have be really stressed at this time. Try to do something for them to help, the, to help them out because I, it not only makes them feel good, it's going to make you feel great for doing, doing good things uh, along those lines. So, you know, I'm just going to leave you with, with that thought. Of course, I didn't deliver it as good as Laura did, but uh, I hope you understand what I was trying to say and, um, you know, just try to do something to, to help somebody out during this time. You know, again, I would just want to thank you for uh, listening to the show. You know, though I won't be seeing you at the ballpark uh, for a while, I hope that we are seeing you there sooner rather than later. I'm out. Peace.